Hi, welcome. I'm glad you're here. Whether you've been with us from the very beginning or maybe this is your first time here, welcome to the family. And during these unprecedented times, Foundation FCM, you guys are drawing closer in fresh new ways. That's right. We are so excited to just see all of our families growing and thriving. From our children connecting midweek and on Sundays with their online teaching opportunities to our student ministry that is having midweek huddles. They're also having their midweek message by Pastor Raquel and having opportunities to connect online through social media. It's wonderful to see all of our students and kids connecting to one another and more importantly, connecting to Christ. Amen. And adults, we are so excited. The mission here at FCM is to be Christ-like disciple makers. And during this season, we're excited to let you know that our discipleship groups are not only continuing to meet thanks to online resources, but they're growing and thriving. And so we're really excited to see how all of our families are able to connect. Now, if you haven't taken time to download our MyFCM app, we wanna invite you to do so today. Through our app, you're able to find ways that not only you can connect, but your entire family can connect. And through our app, you're also able to watch all of Pastor Chris's full teaching series and more importantly, his current teaching series. Thanks, Melissa. Foundation, FCM, the church is more than a campus or a building. The church is you and I being the very hands and feet of Christ. And I am so proud of you, church. We are being the presence of Christ right in our neighborhoods. We're looking for ways to help one another, to reach out to our neighbor, and to show the love of Christ. Keep up the good work. We love you, FCM. Thanks for watching and welcome to the first Resurrection Sunday like never before. I got to admit, this is the first time I've ever taught on Resurrection Sunday with not a person in the room except for my wife. And I'm so grateful she's here, but I'm grateful you're here. And I'm believing that what God has placed on my heart is exactly what you need for this time. I'm believing that your heart is receptive and your mind is alert to receive what God has unfolded for me, and now it's my privilege to share it with you. We're talking about Jesus, resurrected King or risen King. That's what we, we started this sermon series last week, and this week we're going to finish it. I want to talk to you about resurrection life, but before we go into that, I want to remind you of what we said last week. Last week, the disciples, we saw them, they just could not understand what Jesus was telling them. Now, Jesus was talking about him having to suffer, having to die, and he was talking about ushering in a kingdom. They just couldn't get that. They were so caught up in the perception of this world. They were so caught up looking with natural eyes, listening with natural ears, understanding with a worldly mindset that they couldn't perceive that what, what he was talking about was something eternal, something beyond this world, something that transcends what we consider this reality. He was talking about heaven. He was talking about a heavenly kingdom. They couldn't get it so much that even on the very day that he was about to be betrayed, and led away to be tried and ultimately crucified, they were still arguing about all the wrong things. I want to remind you that Jesus is having the Lord's Supper. He's instituting a new covenant with His church. This will be the symbol of the new covenant 
as he says, this is the bread that represents my body that will be broken on the cross. This is the blood that will be shed for your sins on the cross. And yet all they can think about is who's going to be first chair. They're sitting there arguing like little kids fighting over who's going to ride in the front seat or calling shotgun. Think about this with me for a second. Not only that, but I love Peter. We're going to use Peter today, and we're going to, we're going to show uh, and teach on his life and kind of what we get from, from his example. But, but let's just take this example for a second. He's smack dab in the middle of the argument as to who's the greatest and who's going to sit at the right hand, who's going to sit at the left hand, all these things, right? He's smack dab in the middle. But also, Jesus says, I need you to go with me to the garden. We're going to pray. This is a very significant night, and Jesus wants to be undergirded by his disciples in prayer. They want, he wants them surrounding him, lifting him up in prayer, and also praying for themselves as he prays. And what, is, what does Peter do? He shows up packing. What do I mean by packing? I'm not talking about a, a, a suitcase. I'm talking about he's carrying a weapon. That's like me showing up to a, to a worship service like with a 45 or a Glock or something going, you know what, I'm just going to pack a little bit. I'm going to pack some heat to make sure everything's on the up and up. It's nuts how they just don't get it. As a matter of fact, after Jesus is crucified, they are timid, they are afraid, they are depressed, they are reeling and lost. But not so after the resurrection. After the resurrection, and specifically after the, the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit, they are new men. They're drastically changed forever. Let's take Peter specifically as an example. That night that Jesus was betrayed and all that happened to Jesus, all the suffering that took place prior to him being crucified, Peter denied Jesus three times. Not once, not twice, but three times. And even in front of a humble, lowly servant girl, he was shaking and quivering as he denied his Savior. But not so after the resurrection. After the resurrection and after he received the very spirit of the living God, he stood in the temple courts before the very men that put Jesus on the cross and pronounced Jesus as the Messiah. He, he told them plainly, you're the guys that crucified him. You crucified your Messiah. Jesus is the risen King of glory. He was bold. He was courageous. He was strong. What happened? I'll tell you what happened. Something changed so dramatically, they experienced resurrection life. They experienced their Savior conquering the grave. They experienced the Word of God coming alive in their hearts and the Spirit of the living God infilling them and giving them strength. The disciples believed so profoundly in the resurrected Christ that they were willing to pay the ultimate sacrifice to share the gospel message and the good news with, with the rest of the world. Follow this with me for a second. James, the brother of John, was killed by the sword upon the order of King Herod. John miraculously survived being thrown into a cauldron of boiling water only to be later exiled to a deserted island in Patmos to die a lonely death. 
Peter was crucified in Rome upside down. Matthew was slain in a distant city of Ethiopia. James was, James was thrown off the pinnacle of the temple and beaten to death with a blacksmith tool. Philip was hanged against a pillar until he died. Bartholomew was skinned alive. Andrew was bound to a cross, and yet he preached to his persecutors until he died. Thomas was run through with a lance. Jude was shot to death by arrows. Matthias was first stoned, and then he was beheaded. Mark died in Alexandria in Egypt after being cruelly dragged through the entire city. Would you die for a lie? Would you die for something you knew, you knew beyond a shadow of a doubt it wasn't true? Many say that Jesus didn't really rise from the dead, that this was a hoax. Can I ask you another question? Would these disciples, would these men endure such persecution and pay the ultimate price with their, lie, with their life if they knew it was a lie? No, of course not. What caused them to pay this ultimate price? I'll tell you what it was. They experienced resurrection life. Resurrection life is seeing the Word of God come to pass, seeing with their own eyes, touching with their own hands, the resurrected King of glory and being filled with His Holy Spirit. It is amazing. So I want to I use Peter as an example. And how did Peter explain this resurrection that took place? How did he explain it on the day of Pentecost? What was going on with Peter? I'll tell you what he, what, what he said. It's found there in the book of Acts, chapter 2, verse 24. But God raised him from the dead, Peter said, freeing him from the agony of death because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. What is Peter saying there? Now think about this with me. Peter is a close disciple of Jesus. He's one of the inner three, so Jesus and him are really close he witnessed the crucifixion. He witnessed Jesus being drug away. He witnessed Jesus being beaten. He witnessed Jesus being hung on the cross. He also talked to Jesus after he was raised from the dead. So Peter got to sit down with him. They got to eat together. He got to chat it up with Jesus. You would think that Peter, Peter would explain the resurrection by saying, hey, I got to eat with him. I got to see him. But notice what Peter doesn't do. Peter didn't say, I know God raised him up again because I saw him. He doesn't say that. Instead, he declares, I know God raised him up because it was impossible for him to be held by death because God's word said that he would be raised. What Peter is saying is, God's word is true. And I know that more than ever now. Now the dots connect. Now everything comes full circle. He's explaining, I finally get this thing Jesus kept talking about. What Peter, 
What Peter experienced that day was resurrection life. What's resurrection life? I'll tell you what resurrection life is. It's experiencing the prophecy and the word of God being fulfilled and having been, been completely filled with the spirit of the living God. Now Peter is talking to an audience there in Jerusalem. I want you to walk this out with me for a second. Peter is preaching in Jerusalem, Jesus as the resurrected Messiah, the one who the grave could not hold. Now, why is this significant? Because less than, just, less than two months prior, this city had seen Jesus crucified. They said they crucified him for claiming to be king of the Jews. Now, this is what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us that Jesus rose from the dead and that he appeared to over 500 witnesses. So not only was this city very familiar with this crucifixion, but now they, that's all they could talk about because over the last so many days, people keep saying, we saw him. He rose from the dead. Did you hear? The Messiah rose. The Messiah is here. And all of this is going on. And this is the audience that Peter is addressing. Can I tell you, they are glued to Peter's words. They are listening to everything so intently. And now he stands there with boldness proclaiming the risen king. But, but, but watch what's happening. Over the last 40 days, because for 40 some days, for 30, 40 days, Jesus is appearing and disappearing to his followers, including Peter. And it's as if Jesus is trying to link up in their minds now you see me, now you don't. Now watch this. I'm with you whether you see me or whether you don't. But not only am I with you, it's as, it's as I promised. I'm not only going to be with you, I'm going to be in you. And the same power that raised me from the dead will work through you. So I'm going to be with you, I'm going to be in you, and I'm going to be working through you. And the same power that raised me will someday raise you. This is what Peter is declaring to his countrymen. But he uses two proofs. And today I want to talk about those two proofs and then we'll be done. The first proof is biblical prophecy. I want you to consider this with me. Peter is telling the people there in Jerusalem, he's saying, the Bible proclaimed it. And I'm basing... This explanation of Jesus as Messiah and having him, been, him being uh, resurrected based on Scripture and prophecy. Which is, he points you to David's prophecy in the book of Psalms. He quotes it there in the very next verse. Read with me. And David said about him. Said about who? Said about Jesus. I saw the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. That means I will not die. Therefore, my heart is glad and my tongue rejoices. My body also will rest in hope. Because you will not abandon me to the realm of the dead, you will not let me, or excuse me, you will not let your Holy One see decay. What is Peter saying? Peter is saying, you will not leave my soul in Hades. You will not leave my soul in the grave. Nor will you allow your Holy One, 
your Messiah, your anointed one, to be corrupted by death. He, he, he had to conquer the grave. Why? Why is he saying this? Because once God's prophetic word declares it, then it shall be done. Once God's word says it, his hand always performs it. This is something I want you to link up because this is part of living a resurrected life. It's trusting God's word like never before. See, God says plainly of himself, I am not like the rest of you. I am not human and I don't lie. Have you ever met someone or have you ever been, have you ever said things you couldn't quite perform? Have you ever talked a bigger game than you can actually walk? This is what it means to be human. To say things that we can't always fulfill. But God is perfect and he says, I'm not a man. I don't lie. I'm perfectly consistent. Therefore, if my, if my mouth declares it, my hand performs it. Meaning, whatever I promise, I have to fulfill because that is my nature. And that's what Peter's saying. The nature of God is that the grave couldn't hold him because God already promised that he couldn't do it. Has God promised you some things that you've been wavering on? Has God promised you some things? Have you read some promises in God's Word this week or last week and because of the circumstances you've begun to waver? Can I tell you? You need to revisit what Peter is saying there as he proclaims good news. You want good news? You want something to build on? You want something to take and be secure with? Take God's Word to the bank. Know that if He said it, it shall be. If he says he loves you, he loves you. If he says he'll never leave you, he'll never leave you. If he says he'll protect you, he'll protect you. Amen? Now, I'm sure at this point, Peter is hearkening back as he's explaining to the Jewish audience there in Jerusalem. He's hearkening back to words that he didn't understand just a, just a, a few months ago when Jesus said things like this. Now, we read this last week. He said, from that time on, Jesus began to explain to his disciples, that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things at the hands of the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law, and that he must be killed, and on the third day, he would be raised to life. Now Peter is remembering the very declaration of Jesus himself, that he would raise to life. You see how profoundly this shapes Peter's thoughts. Because now he begins to speak scripture in Acts chapter 3, and he references Jesus as the very prince of life. Not only the holy one, the just one, but the prince of life. Which leads us to proof number two. Proof number one is that, is that, the resurrection had to be because it was prophetically foretold. But proof number two is this, is that he is the very essence of life. That Jesus is not only the essence of life, the prince of life, but that life is his very essence. We see this explained by John in John chapter 1 verse 4. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. We see Jesus referring to himself as the resurrection and the life to Mary and Martha, two good friends of his. He says, I am the resurrection and the life. No one who believes in me 
excuse me, the one who believes in me will live even though they die. Jesus goes on to tell his, tell his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. In John 5, he makes this fabulous declaration. Listen to this. For as the Father has life in himself, so he has granted the Son also to have life in himself. What Peter is saying here to the Jewish audience and what I'm saying to you is that the grave could not hold Jesus because Jesus is life. Jesus keeps his promises, proof number one. He is the very nature of life. Listen to what John continues to say. Also, to have life in himself, verse 27, and he has given him authority to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be amazed at this, for a time is coming when all who are in the graves will hear his voice and come out. So I want to tell you a story before we finish. I was a teenager in Houston, Texas, and there was a mall there on, on I-45 who was on the opposite side of I-45 as my house. It was getting dark and we needed to go home. And it was that dangerous hour where it begins to be dark enough where your eyes haven't quite adjusted and it's hard to see. And for some reason, not being very wise, we decided to cross I-45. Me and my brother were walking. We needed to cross to get to our house. And it was, it was very busy, fast, ongoing traffic. I mean, just one after another. I can remember getting lost in conversation. That's not hard for me to do. I do this often. If I start talking, I kind of forget everything else. And I forgot to look both ways. I was following my younger brother, which ordinarily didn't happen. Usually they were following me, but I was so lost in the conversation that I was talking and I was just following his lead. I don't know if he wasn't familiar with leading or just didn't think about it, but he didn't say a word. He just stopped because he saw these, this traffic flying by. I kept talking and kept walking. I can remember seeing something in his eyes that I'll never forget. It was sheer panic. He looked at me in such a way that I knew I was in trouble. And as I whipped around, I confirmed what he had already told me with his face. I was about to die. There was this huge truck barreling down on me. He starts to lay on his horn. There's no way he can stop in time. And as I, as I just froze, petrified, I screamed out, Jesus, help. Can I tell you what resurrection life is? Resurrection life is exactly what Peter said to that audience there in Jerusalem. He said, there's no way the grave could hold him because God had already declared. Can I tell you God's word declares that if you cry out the name of Jesus, you shall be saved. Some of us right here, right now are being overwhelmed by our situation and we're wondering if there's any help, cry out to Jesus today. Cry out to him. I can remember yelling out, Jesus, help. And something remarkable took place because God is a God of his word. 
I can remember like it was yesterday, the force and the strength I felt like never before. The quickness, not only how quick it was, but how gentle. I remember being lifted up and transported to about 30, 30 something feet back from being in the middle of the road watching the headlights about to overtake me to being transported and saved in an instant. Can I tell you, that's the resurrection power of Jesus Christ and Resurrection Sunday. He can change your situation and your, your, your circumstance in an instant. He can do it, but you've got to believe that if God said it, it shall be done because His Word never declares what His hand cannot perform. And God's Word says that if you call to Him, He shall be there. He might sit high, but He looks low, and He reaches even lower than that. And I can remember He saved me that day, but He also saved my soul. And the same power that raised Christ from the dead saves me. The same power that raises Christ from the dead lives in you. If you only surrender. So what brought about this drastic change? I'll tell you what brought about this drastic change. Not only in the disciples, but in me. God's Word. God's Word and the very nature of Jesus Christ as being the resurrection and the life. Won't you experience that miracle working power of Jesus Christ today? If you want to know how to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, please go onto the app and take a minute to listen to the uh, salvation message that I prepared. I love you, Foundation. Have a great week and walk in resurrection power and life. I love you. We hope you enjoyed today's message by Pastor Chris. We invite you to give from your MyFCM app or by going online at www.myfcm.org. Help us share the love of Jesus during this difficult time.